Hello. Hello. Hi. Hello. Welcome to Don't Spoil the Ending. This is a podcast about films, TV shows, games. Yep. General entertainment. Not even just general entertainment, general everything. We'll talk about whatever, won't we? Yeah, a bit of everything, isn't there? Yeah. I'm Nick. Hi, I'm John. And I'm Sam. Fantastic. Love saying that. <laughs> <laughs> right, so we're going right, to... Have you all been, actually? Let's just start with that. Yeah, not too bad. I mean, week's I, been? Well, I've got a, a quick thing to mention, if that's okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how interesting it'll be, but... Uh, talking to Ben in work, we've mentioned Ben a few times. Once or twice. Yeah, he revealed, I think it was last week, that he's taken the decision to take his DVD collection and put all the DVDs in binders <laughs> and bin, up, bin all of the DVD cases. Do you know about this? No. You're you know about that, I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't take it well, to be honest. <laughs> I can imagine <laughs> I just wanted to get your your guys' opinions. I know you're not like collect, as big collectors as I am with, with DVDs and Blu-rays and stuff, but I just think if you if you're gonna do this, what's the point in even buying them in the first? Just burn them to DVD if you're gonna put them in a binder. <laughs> you're only paying for the box, aren't you? Really? Yeah. <laughs> I, I yeah, I'm not into that. I, I think I'd need the boxes. Like I've got like Lord of the Rings and stuff. I've only got yeah. like a few select uh, Blu-rays slash DVDs, but I, I wouldn't want them if they were in the box whatsoever. <laughs> Yeah, so if I took your Lord of the Rings collection here, Nick, and offered to put the Blu-rays in a binder, along with your other... You've got a touch of cloth down there, haven't you? Yeah. Put all those in a binder and bin the boxes. Effectively, they've got no resale value straight away. That that goes. You, can, you can't do anything with them, then. But you know, would you can you not trade them that? in as a disc only, or...? I don't think so. I mean, if you could, it'd be like a penny a disc or something. <laughs> you're, just I mean, pay, you're paying for the box. That's all you're paying for. I mean, the resale value doesn't mean much to me because like, I, I, I've still got like PlayStation 2 games from from years and years ago. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't ever resell games or DVDs. No. So uh, that doesn't bother me, but I still want them in the box, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> just from a collecting standpoint, you don't want binders full of DVDs, do you? I think... Uh, I, he did the same with CDs. I don't know if he's still got the CD cases, but I know he's got a, a huge uh, binder of CD CDs really, in his I, car. I, I, I feel so, like that's better though, because he's in a car. It's but in what, a car what's the it? difference? No, 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 no that, that's the difference. That's yeah. what I was like. That he's the CDs are you could you could travel with them. Yeah. The portable, yeah, they're more portable than you're never going to watch a film in your car, are as, you? As you know, no, but that. is it? Would it not be? Good to have DVDs in a binder, say you're going on holiday or going away for the weekend or something like that. I mean, don't know, and I feel, you I want feel, to take, I feel you like, don't know what to take, you don't want to take loads of boxes, it's going to take loads of room up in your I bag. I feel like though, I'd, do, I'd take them out of the boxes for the holiday. I, would, just, I, yeah. I wouldn't constantly have them there. I'd just I'd, have a small binder. I'd have a small binder and I'm like, right, I'm going to put on my DVDs in there and then I'll bring me portable DVD player or whatever. And I feel like, guys, we're in 2018 now. This is what digital copies of movies are for. <laughs> Going on holiday, you get your, your tablet. That costs extra, though. Well, it's worth, <laughs> worth paying every now and then for <laughs> digital copy. But, yeah, I just want to see what you thought about, about that. I mean, I'm going to make Ben listen to this, see what he, you know, correct his, his ways kind of thing. Yeah. So. I mean, he might have already done it by then, but... yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we can get it uh, We can get it to him in time. Yeah, before the, uh, the DVD boxes are destroyed, yeah. Mm. Cool. Yep. How about you, Sam? Any any updates for the week? Well, well I've six weeks. I was gonna say I've, okay. I've not been on the podcast for. Well, we were just working out then since Halloween. I think Halloween, it was, yeah. Yeah. episode so, thirty. Have, you, have so. you got any updates for the past two months? Uh, not really. No. <laughs> <laughs> no just yeah. uh, I've been playing a lot more 
computer games and stuff like that more than I definitely used to sort of uh, a few games on Steam uh, we'll get into that a bit later um, yeah been doing that uh, just binging Netflix had a good Christmas yeah oh yeah of course all that stuff Merry Christmas Merry <laughs> yeah. Christmas yeah. Happy New Year <laughs> 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 and, uh, we, we know I'm pretty sure you spoke about it in previous episodes like you're a cryptomaniac yeah of course yeah Any... well that was a uh, I think since being on, since being on the show in Halloween, it sort of it rocketed from then, through December up to twenty for December. I think it was. Which, uh, Bitcoin was then worth nineteen thousand. Which is why you've not been on the show because <laughs> you've, you've been going into <clears throat> nightclubs in your big fur coats. Yep, that's it. That's <laughs> exactly <laughs> it. <laughs> no, uh, we did we did the show, uh, War Dogs. Where we talked about cryptos then. We did, yeah. If you uh, listen to our advice, slash non-advice because we don't want to give financial advice <laughs> yeah. for safety reasons, risk reasons. Yeah. Uh, it was worth $1,800 at that time that we talked about it then. It's gone up 10 times the amount in, what, six months? So, six, so months. like, regardless of how many you bought... Even that at that point, you'd be sitting on a pretty number, right? A, now. a ten times increase in any any amount of money is pretty nice. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, don't don't need to go into cryptocurrency that much, do we? Well, I, I mean, I'm just still gutted because Inman did recommend getting yeah. on the bandwagon on that podcast, and I, I didn't do it. And yeah, it's gone up by I mean, ten. These, these other cryptocurrencies, I don't, yeah. I, I don't know if, if I want to like, name check them and stuff because. Um, like you said, I don't want to give out the financial <laughs> help to people. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, there is other ones out there which are currently like they're looking like they're going to blow up at some point in the near future. Yeah. So still, it's, it's still like an open market. You can still potentially make a lot of money if you wanted to. Yeah. I think uh, we could do a whole episode on cryptos, and maybe that would be something we can do. Definitely, yeah. Oh, yeah. A special one week. Yep. Yeah, we'll have to put like a warning at the start of it. Definitely. You may lose all your money. Yeah. <laughs> we do not hold any responsibility for any financial losses you make. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, I've not done much myself for the past week. Uh, you know, normal day-to-day things. But um, have we got any games anyone wants to talk about? Um, uh, well, I've got a, a, a couple that I was playing. So I'll start off with uh, Football Manager. Get that out of the way. Yeah. Uh, so that came out. Around the same time as the last time I was on the podcast, yeah, actually, I think I spoke yeah. about looking forward to that being released, and yeah. uh, it was it's it was going really well, and then a couple of buggy bits came out, uh, and this is in the full game because it came out as a two week beta first, uh, but in the full game, I still was finding a couple of bugs and stuff like that, and then they they do hot patches and stuff like that, uh, but one of the main things was like you'd get most of the way through the game or halfway through the game and it would crash. Your game would stop and you'd have to quit. So whatever, if you hadn't saved, you're going back to your previous save point. Yeah. Which is just crap. So basically, they still, as far as I'm aware, they still haven't fixed this issue. Right, okay. Um, I've not been on the game for a couple of weeks, maybe a little bit longer than that. So they could have fixed it by now, but I've not, I've not even played to find out. But, 
I've probably not pay, played the game because of this issue, yeah, yeah. which is not good. So, it should put you off even yeah. even facing it kind of thing. So it's, it was all reported on the forums, loads of other people having these problems, and hopefully that gets fixed soon. But mm. I did manage to finish the first season, which I won the League of Liverpool, so <laughs> I'm very happy about that. Still a, an unrealistic game then. <laughs> <laughs> Possible. <laughs> I think I think it just shows how good I am as a manager. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do fancy giving that a go myself. It's just a, such a big like time issue with that game, isn't it? You've got to, well, I mean, you see, you have to devote time to it. Mm. You want to, don't you? When you start playing it, you just oh yeah, it eats, eats it up your social life, kind of thing. Sucks you in and then doesn't spit you out. Yeah, <laughs> so it's one of them that I want a clear slate of a few weeks where I can just get the game and. <clears throat> And just play it, but yeah. but like you mentioned, when there's issues with it at the moment, it's best off. Because they they did release quite a big update, and that still didn't it it fixed a lot of the minor issues, but it didn't fix this particular yeah that big of like, like game game, game breaking, crash yeah. yeah. Um, but no, hopefully there's going to be a fix soon or sort of like because they do, I think at the end of January they do a big update then with all right. the because they release their second. A database of players when all the transfer windows yeah. being done and stuff like that. After so the January transfer a, window, there's an update stuff. then of the the whole game as well. So yeah, hopefully it'll be fixed by then. Cool. Uh, the second game was Cities, and this has exploded for the people around us in work. <laughs> well, we uh, spoke about this for the past couple of weeks on the yeah, podcast, yeah. haven't we? Um, and Joe recommended it to me. Um, I think on the 2017 one. Since right. then, I bought it, and I think everyone, like you yeah, say, yeah. workers bought it as well. <laughs> yeah, so like I got on off Joe's recommendation again, and um, I've not stopped playing it since, just racking up the hours and sort of building, building cities. cities yeah, for <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, It's it's an absolutely great game. Like uh, the the level of like the depth to it. Yeah. You have to think about everything. Oh, like, set, yeah. set the taxes and set your policies and stuff like that. And, like you just kind of think, but because the, they only limit the amount of stuff you can have at the start of the game, you have to you, you start out with like a really shit city, and then you want to yeah. like, and then you build and expand it, and you go, well, that opening point, all oh, my traffic's getting stuck there. And I'm like, come <laughs> on, I need to fix it. <laughs> then you can't upgrade stuff because you built something next to that road, and you're like, well, I have to move that now. <laughs> I absolutely love that game. That's been I've been absolutely great for the past uh, week or so. Yeah, it's been I, I've. Pretty much since you played it, I've been playing it a lot. Like, I've, I've I've mentioned it last week, so I won't go into details. But like, I fucked up a few times, and yeah, and I, I managed to learn the error of my ways um, next time around, and that. But great game. Man. I managed to flood a part of my city because you can build like uh, for like to uh, a hydro dam, so you put that in. But I placed it really wrong, so the the it was. <clears throat> It was too low in the water, so it wasn't producing any electricity, and I had to delete it. But the f- when you delete <laughs> when you delete it, it just wipes it out. It's not like when when you build stuff, it builds it up, but then when you delete it, it just sort of like just delete. take get to, gets rid of it completely. So basically, <clears throat> it left this gap in the water, which then all like. Right. It then filled the space, bounced off each other, and caused this tidal wave from a river that's <laughs> like spread across the city. I was like, "Oh shit, no!" <laughs> you actually like <clears throat> it traveled across the highway. People were getting, cars were being washed away. I was like, "Oh, oh fucking hell!" <laughs> <laughs> 
Like you made like a tsunami, like within your. Yeah. <laughs> could believe it. That's amazing. That is actually amazing. <laughs> but then it like because of the train, it all like flows back into the river and stuff like that. Yeah. So it sorts itself out, and then I uh, managed to. I had to landscape. Uh, the, the river walls. I had to put like walls in basically. So uh, like a bank or something. Yeah, 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 river yeah. Bank, yeah. And then placed it better. So it was above the water line. Right. And I don't have... It, the, the water level rose. So anyone that was at the side, and I built right up to the water's edge. Yeah. So they got flooded, so I just had to go, right, delete, delete, delete. All along, all along the uh, river bank. So, yeah, a lot of people homeless are. <laughs> That's good. Right, you, John, any games? No, nothing, mate, this week. Nothing. nothing. Yeah, I've, I've, I've literally just been playing Skylines myself. I've not really uh, played much else. Um, apart from Skyrim, but like I said, I spoke about that last week, so I won't go into that again. Okay. So should we move on to TV shows? Yep, cool. Um, I think I'm the only one with a TV show this week. Yeah, I've it? got nothing again. <laughs> I've, I've got a, a Netflix one. Oh, have but, you? Uh, um, do you want to go first? I can do. Um, well, it's just a quick one, really. I've, uh, Friends has been added to Netflix. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's been off terrestrial TV for a or ter- well, free view because it was on E4 for ages. Yeah. But it's not been on there for a while. So like, I used to always watch that when it was on E4. So I quite like Friends and being added to Netflix. So I've been watching like the first season of that about halfway through the first season. But really enjoy get back into that and then like because it's because it's quite an old old tv show now you look at some of the fashion on there and some of the stuff like yeah. that it's really it's really interesting to see. saw an article as well sort of like uh millennials are watching it for like the first time yeah because it's on netflix and stuff like that so they go back and watch it and like they're all they're, they're kind of taken aback a bit like it's not they're saying some parts of it could be deemed as like homophobic or yeah, things definitely like that. Like it's, it's, it's like a different. Yeah. It's a different time where maybe like you would be able to get away with like, stuff get away with that on TV, whereas that would be more restricted down now, yeah, like yeah. and censored or whatever like that. Yeah. Um, so I think there's. It's not outrage. <laughs> it's not outrage or anything like that, but it's kind of like. Ooh, I mean, yeah, the, these kids, these yeah. kids being like, oh, this is different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Cool. No, I've quite enjoyed getting back onto Friends. But that's, that's that's it for me. I'll just jump on that though. Uh, I love Friends when it first aired, but about halfway through the, the one of the series, I don't know why, I kind of lost interest. And it's around about the, the point where like everyone in that group was sleeping with everyone else. Like by the end of it, they've got like Monica and Chandler got together. Yeah, but did Monica and Joey have a thing at one point? I think. <clears throat> Rachel and Joey had, and then Rachel was with Ross. But then yeah. I'm sure Phoebe, Phoebe had kissed Joey. Yeah, or and, and Chandler. I'm sure there's a Ross thing Ross. as well. But it, yeah, might yeah. Be, it might be a dream sequence that or something. But I'm sure there was a, a Phoebe and Ross thing as well at one point on a pool table or something. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, was a, there was a Joey and Ross part as well. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, so it just got a bit like like weirdly incestuous I think by the end of it like they've all just been with each other I mean if Ross and Monica got together that's where you draw the line <laughs> no this is too much like. I think the millennials would really kick off yeah. <laughs> yeah but on the whole it's a funny show though isn't it yeah. no, I like it yep cool um, I've only uh, well I want to talk about two uh, briefly really but um, on Netflix again um, I've been watching Luther because of the news of the next season oh, being yeah. coming out being coming out next season coming out um so i started watching that i got through the first season and it's my it's mind-blowing that show I, I loved it the first time and i love it now like like some of the the serial kills on that are just just 
mental. Like I'm gobsmacked. Even though I've seen it before, I was just <laughs> gobsmacked again. I was like, yeah, you know, just shocking. I mean, uh, and the other one is uh, it's been rated like hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, and it's been everyone like has been raving about it. So I was like, oh, go on, I'll give it a go. It's on Netflix as well. It's called uh, The End of the Fucking World. Uh, I I initially thought it was like a post-apocalyptic kind of show which i was very very wrong about <laughs> um it's just a, it's just like a, a psychopathic kid and she's not really been diagnosed with anything but she's pretty nuts as well just a strange one <laughs> and they kind of they kind of their world collide and uh they start going about the days but this <laughs> I don't. I, I know you. I know you kind of want to watch you one day, so I don't really want to spoil much. But did you say it was on Netflix? It's on Netflix. Yeah. I didn't know it was on Netflix. Yeah. I thought it was on a because it was on Four OD. Yeah. For ages, and then I, but I never think to go on Four OD. Yeah. Like it's not like oh, I'll just put Netflix on. I never think to go on Four OD. So I've just totally missed it. But if it's on Netflix, I'll definitely have to get on that. Like, so oh, jump in. I was sent to Nick in work that I was shocked it was on Netflix because. On the channel four OD adverts, it says exclusive to four OD, and I was right. like, "All oh, right." Like, but then you mentioned it was on Netflix. I was like, "What? Not exclusive four OD?" I didn't even know that. I don't think I'd have watched it if it was on four OD because the adverts just really bug me. I don't. I, yeah. I, that's why I love Netflix so much. Um, but um, yeah, so I started watching that yesterday, and I finished it yesterday as well. <laughs> um, I, I was hooked straight. Away. It's only eight episodes, hmm. but um, it's so good. Like, like I say, he's sag. I kind of want to talk a bit more about it. Are you all right for just... Yeah, yeah, It might yeah, be a bit spoilerific. But, no, that's fine. Um, basically, he's a psychopath. And she kind of, like I said, the world collide. And he's been killing pretty much... He's been killing animals, like, his entire life. And he kind of wanted to kill something a bit a bit bigger. When she kind of um, um, spoke to him, he's like, there's, <laughs> there's my person. And, and, he's, and he's basically planning it out and all that. And uh, they start, they, they, he pretends... To uh, I did that in inverted commas. Kind of um, he pretends to uh, fall in love with her, and uh, and they run away together, and he does eventually kill someone and find out he's not a psychopath, and and it just it, it starts unraveling and it's it's really dead interesting. But like yeah. like I say, apart from the killing in one episode, not much actually happens. <laughs> it, you're just watching these two kids be fucking fucked up kids. And it's dead interesting. <laughs> like that's why I was hooked. And the ball, yeah. tw- a twenty-minute episode as well. Is that it? I yeah. thought it was like a kind of drama, kind of forty-minute hour. No, eight twenty-minute episodes. So you can literally oh. box it off in the night. Yeah, <laughs> dead easy. When you said you watched like eight episodes, and it was yesterday, I was like, "I'm sure you're in work." Yesterday. <laughs> I was like, "You watched eight hours. You must be enough." God knows when. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, I watched. I watched um, our film of the week, which we've not mentioned yet. It's Panic Room, by the way. Mm, Just yeah. <laughs> Um, I watched the film um, last night and then I watched all eight episodes. 20 minute episodes makes it even more appealing. So, exactly, yeah. yeah. Honestly, give it a watch. Uh, I feel like I've just spoiled it for you now though. Um, but <laughs> but it's still mind-blowing. Worth watching, yeah. It's worth a watch. Definitely worth a watch. Um, oh, sorry, I'll just jump in there if I can. <clears throat> On the TV thing. I've been meaning to talk to you for ages about Ozark. I don't think we ever right. did in the end. Uh, can you just have a quick recap of the ending, if that's okay? Yeah. I won't spoil anything, because <clears throat> I don't know if you're planning to watch it, Nick. I mean, I've just spoiled... <laughs> I mean, I've just spoiled uh, um, 
don't uh, the end of the fucking world first, Sam. So oh, no, by all well. means, spoil the ending for me. <laughs> I'm not going to spoil it in detail, but this is in, in Ozark. I really enjoyed the whole show, but I don't think I've mentioned this to you before. That my issue with it at the end was, it felt like the show was set up to have a really dark ending. I thought, right, the, with the way everything was pointing, and I feel like they almost bottled out of the, of the dark ending just for series two. Well, do, do you know what I mean by that? <clears throat> I think I think they definitely set it up like or changed the ending maybe so it was like right we know there's going to be a season two yeah we'll plan for we'll, that we'll yeah we'll yeah. do for do that like, yeah yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah the end of it I was like it kind of there was a part where it blew my mind yeah I, there was one bit I loved but then when you realise the implications of what of what that means for yeah. like you're like oh. Yeah, series two's going to happen now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and this isn't this guy's not going to be around, which I really like, kind of thing. So I was I was happy with where with where it was going, and I was like, this is this is what I want. This I like. I know I was kind of thinking, I wonder what they're going to do in season two. Yeah, because this all seems very very yeah. jolly, kind of like it's all neatly tied up. It's all going a bit too well, this. Yeah, and then the hammer was dropped, and then straight away it doesn't kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I forgot, I'll be honest, I forgot about that bit, but I just feel like the, the stakes aren't really there now for Series 2 with what's happened. No. Things can't really get all that bad for Jason Bateman. I mean, they, I mean, they can do, they can still get bad for him, but... But it's, it feels like he's only got that one threat now where he... Yeah, he that's had, what like, I mean, like before, two... everything was closing in on him. Yeah, yeah. Now there's just that one thing that yeah. you feel like he can deal with because he's Jason Bateman. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. T- he's almost, like, teamed up now. Yeah, where he, I felt like he wasn't, it wasn't like that before. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's got protection and sort of like it used to it used to kind of be his his family versus the world. <laughs> yeah, and just the way the whole thing was set up, I just thought it was going to be a perfect one series TV show where they finish it in one, in one series. Just don't do that. These no, but, Walk, Walking Dead, perfect one series TV show. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're right. I yeah, agree, I love yeah. where that went. <laughs> There's been like eight series of The Walking Dead. It's been the same every year, hasn't it? Just eight series of the same TV show. Just getting worse and worse. <laughs> Mate, I, don't, I don't know if it's uh, like official or anything, but like I've, I've seen news about that show um, recently. Like, if you're right, we're just talking about that for a second. Um, <clears throat> um, Norman Reedus has come out saying that like several characters are leaving the show. And like he's himself, he's nervous about like the show, thinking it's just going to basically end soon. So it might be getting the, the end it deserves. Like fi- mm. finally, <laughs> everyone being killed off. Finally being killed <laughs> off. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I've said it. I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, but I've always said like I want Negan to kill everyone, and just that'll be the end of it. Him just being stood mm. on top of a pile of bodies. <laughs> or something like, yeah. <laughs> I'd almost just be happy if they all got eaten by zombies and just be like, right, that's it. That's it. Like that's yeah. It. <laughs> that's how it ends. Yeah. Like but the most obvious but unsatisfying ending to a, a zombie horror. They're all eaten by zombies. But I'm just like, oh, thank fuck it's all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Finally, it's finished. Uh, but so just on, in terms of endings, I mentioned the Ozark thing. I just feel like if they'd have gone for that dark ending that it almost was hint, like aiming towards, yeah. that would have been satisfying because you think, yeah, it's an unhappy ending, but that's the only way that could have ended kind of thing. Yeah. And I'm going to get onto it later on. I'm going to talk about Creep 2 that I watched. And that film... It feels like they're just showing you like this has clearly got one way it's going to go at the end and they bottle out, they, they do something different and you think that would have been a really amazing, unhappy dark ending mm. but they, they don't do it. But I'll get to that later. <laughs> what, what is it, The Mist, which like has the ending where you go, 
exactly, that's yeah. the ending that you want. Without <laughs> that ending, that film wouldn't wouldn't be worth talking about. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what it makes that whole film kind yeah. of thing. So, yep. Cool. Are we done on TV shows? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Movies. Um, talk about. I, I mean, I don't know if I've watched anything, but you. I know you have, haven't you, John? Yeah, I've got a couple of that's okay. I'll just burn through them. Uh, <clears throat> you mentioned last week, Nick, you watched Iron Man doing like a Marvel rewatch before Infinity War yeah, comes yeah. out. So I've given that a watch this week as well. Uh, the only thing I've got to mention, I've, I've told you about this in work, but the best scene in that film for me is also the worst scene. It's when Jeff Bridges comes back from New York with pizza because the pizza just looks so good. I don't remember this <laughs> in at all. Big, massive pizza boxes. And Tony starts eating the pizza, and you're like, oh, that pizza look, look, <laughs> looks amazing here. But then he starts to fold it up. I don't know if you've noticed this. He, yeah, yeah. He folds the pizza into one and eats it, and you're like, oh, you, I hate hate people folding pizza. It's, it's the Italian way, though. No. That's, no. Apparently, the that's the traditional... The Italians are wrong on this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I hate that. Never fold a pizza. Apparently, that's the way, because then you... Because Italian pizza is typically really, like, oily. So mm. when you fold it, the oil just drips off, like, mm. away from you. But, uh, like, just you're not getting oil of your hands. It's a cleaner way to eat pizza. I feel like don't, don't put oil on it in the first place. Well, well just, no, but your toppings and everything like that, it's just a cleaner way to... You see, I feel like if I did that with the pizza I had, if I folded it, all of the meat feast toppings would just all fall into the middle. And I'd be like, I'm just eating, like, a sausage roll now or something. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not a pizza anymore. It's like some weird... I know what you mean. Yeah, I, I have tried eating it that way. I don't mind it. Mm, no, give, give it a go. No, I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. Uh, after after talking about this, it turned out that Lauren in work eats pizza that way. Fuming mm. about that. Saw Joe eating a pizza on lunch today. He eats pizza that way. <laughs> it's like no, it's just a don't, phenomenon. Don't fold your pizza. Get a calzone if you want folding pizza. Don't don't be don't be folding it. So yeah, that was the worst bit of Iron Man. Fair enough. Yeah, so what else am I talking about? Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, Creep 2. I watched Creep 2 this week. I know you've watched Creep 1, Nick. Yeah, have you seen the first one? In Man? No, no. You're not a big horror film fan, are you? Uh, the whole premise of Creep 1 is that you're basically watching a guy who's just a creep kind of thing, but you don't know whether he's just a, a creepy stalker or whether he is like a full-blown murderer kind of thing. Right. And the whole film is like on that premise into of mm. which way is it going to go? Is it going to turn out he's just a weirdo or is he actually going to kill this guy at the end? And you, f- you find out at the end of the film. But then part two, because you already know what, what's happened in part one, there's no mystery there in terms of, you know, they can't do that trick again because you know exactly what, what the deal is. So they do this whole weird thing of, like, matching the guy up with somebody who's potentially just as creepy as him. Like this girl's a videographer who he, he hires to make a documentary. And uh, I was mentioning before, like the first half of the film is quite intriguing because she's just as seems just as weird as him, and she's pushing him, you know, deliberately to try and wind him up and stuff like that. And the film, to me, clearly feels like it's pointing to go one way to this really weird ending that would have been might have been like a really weird, unhappy ending, but it would have been satisfying. And it kind of it almost goes there, but then it just bottles out at the end, and that's this really bland kind of horror film finale, which yeah. wasn't interesting at all. You know, it felt like a real. Like it really cheaped out kind of thing, uh, but but yeah. So it's done. again, the first one only really worked because it had that whole premise going on. This one just didn't have the same. I mean, it's not even a barely even a horror film. You know, there's no scares in it or anything like mm. that. You're just watching them both in a house making a documentary, 
and he's trying to scare her and she's just like yeah I'm just as weird as you I'm not bothered <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> I mean I, I loved the first one well I say I loved it like I definitely didn't love it like I was just really <laughs> terrified but I remember like being so freaked out when I finished the film I was like I was scared to go to bed because I thought I was going to get murdered or something. Yeah. And I, I don't gen- generally get affected like that by mm. films. So like like when it does that to me, I'm like, like that's got a special place uh, for me. That kind of film then, and it's got a. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the league. Yeah, have you? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, it's one of one of the main guys from that. It's in um, the the creep guy. Yeah, it's worth mentioning. It's Mark Duplass, who's like a Canadian actor. He's done loads of like they call them mumblecore movies. Have you heard of that in at all? Uh, like no, no. small Canadian movies where it's just talking basically. Right. And he's done loads of stuff like that. I think he's got a brother as well who's an actor, and oh, they really? do a lot of films together. And it's Mark, he's in Creep Two as well. Oh, uh, and he's actually really good in it. To be honest, he's you know he does sell the part quite well. But it's just without that hook from the first film of, is he just a creep or is he actually a dangerous killer? Once that's gone, there's yeah. no. It just doesn't have the same kind of hook, you know. In part two, I mean, I'm, I'm, <clears> I might watch this part two now because the whole reason I haven't so far. I've seen it. I think it's on Netflix, isn't it? They're both on Netflix. Both yeah. on Netflix. Like the whole reason they haven't is because of how freaked out it was from the first one. I, was like, I don't know if I can bring myself to do that again. Yeah. <laughs> but now that I know it's not even that bad, yeah, it's not I'm, as I'm, creepy. I'm, as... I might just watch it just because of. I've watched the first one. It's more weird and funny part two than, than oh, scary. Right, okay. Yeah. But uh just one final point. It's directed by a guy called Patrick Bryce, who played Aaron in the first film, who's the guy being stalked. Oh, right. He's actually the director of both films. Yeah. Oh, that's really Didn't cool. realise that. Yeah, cool. but uh, I'd give uh, give Creep one three out of five, Creep two two point five out of five. I mean you've not lowered it that much. No, it's something I like I say, it's only a, only a, a, just a bit worse than it, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's me done. Have you watched any films, Simon? Uh, I've got three that I can quickly mention. Uh, most recently, I watched uh, The Founder, which is the McDonald's yep. uh, film. I <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> thought that was really good. Uh, I had no, no clue of how McDonald's was founded or set up or anything like that. So it was kind of really interesting. It's, have you both seen... I've not seen it, but I've heard a lot about it. it. It's not seen it. Do you want me to start? You're welcome, we'll go through, you're welcome yeah. to spoil it. Yeah. Uh, so basically, like the first McDonald's they set up, I think it's back in late fifties, yeah, uh, <laughs> or late forties, fifties, by uh, the McDonald brothers. Um, <clears throat> so they set up the first McDonald's and they come up with the the, the idea of how uh, the the speedy service, uh, like yeah. in the kitchen and stuff like that, and they showed how they sort of like planned it out. Obviously, probably based on true events. Don't know whether this is all. Straightly yeah, yeah. true. Um, so they got that sorted. And apparently it was just a massive flop to begin with. Like the whole premise of people going to the window to order the burger and stuff like that because they had drive-ins at the time where you, you'd park up, someone would come out. But then invariably you'd get the wrong order or something like that or you'd just be having to wait for ages. Yeah. So it took ages for this, this idea to catch on really. Uh, but they said, like... They, they persisted with it and then one day it just kind of like it just seemed to click with everyone's like everyone just kind of got used to it this one uh, one restaurant did really well they tried to expand it and failed until a salesman comes along and then he sort of like the film is then around him and how he expands McDonald's and uh, the McDonald's brothers are just super nice um, they don't want to commercialise it at all. So the, 
I'm going to call him the founder, uh, Michael Keaton. <laughs> Michael is, Keaton, yeah, that's it. Uh, he's he comes along and he's trying to say, well, instead of instead of you drinks you sell at the moment, we'll do Coca Cola. They want to sell it. You'll get more money from it. Do all that, and oh no, we don't want to commercialize it or anything like that. We don't want Coca Cola. Don't want anything else like that. Mm. Want to keep everything organic. They don't want powdered milkshakes or anything like that. Um, so basically. Michael Keaton just gets so fed up with sort of like having to go through the McDonald brothers that he just he kind of like comes up with this plan to sort of wipe them out of the business basically. <laughs> so the McDonald brothers just get screwed over, like royally <laughs> screwed over by the end of it. Um, oh no! <laughs> they come up with like a gentleman's agreement that they're going to get paid, but that can't be part of like the contract. And apparently, they was never paid like right. through the gentleman's agreement. Um, and obviously. Michael Keaton's uh, character gets rich and famous. Right? Yeah, and McDonald's now is uh, on every street corner. Exactly, yep. yeah. Uh, really good film. Like the way it, it goes at a steady pace and everything like that. It's well shot and stuff like that. It's uh, it's a good good storytelling movie. I can't um, think now who directed it. I'm sure somebody will know who know. did it, but I can't think Can't think who it was. No, I enjoyed that. I've been meaning to watch it for a for a while and sort of it's on a Amazon yeah. isn't it the founder yes so I might, might check that out myself yeah <clears throat> um, star rating three and a half pushing four okay it was decent I'd probably watch it again it was a easy watch it wasn't sort of like you know what's going on all the time yeah. it's nothing complicated uh, soccer film uh, Patriot's Day yep Which, I've seen this yep I've put on the WhatsApp group, I've kind of had a couple of issues with this. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Just to mention, I think we've, I've spoken about this before. This is my boy, Pete Berg, who directed this. Big fan of his films. Mm-hmm. He did Battleship, Masterpiece. <laughs> he did uh, Deepwater Horizon. Have you seen, have you seen that one? That, no. that is actually an amazing um, game. Yeah. Amazing <laughs> film, Deepwater Horizon. Right. Yeah. Matt Wahlberg again, isn't it? Matt Wahlberg yeah. again. It's kind of hit this, like, uh, this theme of, of making, like, What's the word? Like true life stories, making like these Americanized right. versions, you know, like uh, all American versions of these true life stories, like Lone Survivor. <laughs> he did that. I really like Lone Survivor, uh, Deepwater Horizon, and, and now this. Uh, the I'm going to pick you up on the all American theme mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Uh, I felt like it started really well. Like it introduces the characters. You you know what's going to happen to these characters. You know they're going to be affected in some way, and you kind of you're already feeling emotional for them and attached to these characters. And then the way the explosion happens and the way that that's shot and they show you the kind of like I don't know whether they take real footage and put it in or it's all like filmed to look like the real. I feel footage. like they do sometimes. I'm sure they like. So you're not meant to know whether you're watching the film or actual footage. Because you kind of keep you on on your toes. There's some like CCTV footage in there and stuff like that. Or like that kind of phone camera quality kind of in there. Which I, they they played that really well. Like I was like, it's it's an emotional scene that is. Because you're just like, you are like, holy crap. Like, yeah. Like it kind of like got to me that bit. And it kind of like, you're really feeling for these characters. You see the effects of them. Yeah. Like to be in rushed hospital and it's not like just the effects on the people that are in, in the explosion but you you feel like this affected the whole of Boston yeah and everything like, like everything that goes along with it and then it just kind of like you seem to get these characters pushed to one side 
and the the all American patriot patriotism page like definitely just seem it seems to just overrun the film and it takes away from that emotional aspect for me. Yeah, because you get a bit halfway through the film where Mark Wahlberg sort of he tries to give this like monologue speech and you kind of like you you just not quite doing it justice. Like yeah. it's not coming across the way you'd got the first part of the film across really well and this just isn't cutting it. I know what you mean. Like, I think they're going for the same kind of thing they did with Deepwater Horizon, but that film lends itself to this kind of thing a lot more naturally. This is a lot more, like, disparate. There's loads of different elements that they're trying to all mash together to make this one film. So you've got the survivors over here, you've got Mark Wahlberg and Kevin Bacon and John Goodman over here, you've got the terrorists over here, and they're trying to mash it all into one thread, and I don't think it always works, but... It's not as good as Deepwater Horizon, but I still really, uh, really like it. <clears throat> Trying to, like you say, pushing all those threads together, not going to be easy to do in a film. And I've like one of the issues I kind of had with the film is like I, I felt like they spent way too long with the terrorists. Do you think so? Um, I just, I just felt like that just, it just wasn't needed, and it kind of like just like you, you're not, you just want to, you want to know what's happening with the terrorists and stuff like that. But they went too in depth with like the car ride. With, is that where like the shootout happens and stuff? Where they go? To oh, the where they pick up the, uh, the the Asian they, guy? Yeah, they steal yeah. the Asian guy's car and they like they take it for a car ride and stuff like that. It just goes on way too long. Oh, do you like, think? I mean, I, I found that quite like quite on the I was on the edge of my seat for that bit and the bit where oh, they yeah. shoot, you know they shoot the policeman and stuff and uh, yeah, just outside that building. Because they, they go to fill up, they go to fill it with petrol and it's a genuinely tense bit because you know that the, the Asian guy is trying to. He's looking at the he's looking at the door handle. He's looking yeah, at the, tr- the, the, trying the to think driver on, is on the sat nav, and he's going, "Can I do this? Can I make it?" And he, he I am, I am tense for that a bit, but it's yeah. the build up to that bit, and in the car ride and stuff like that, and it's just, I don't know, I just didn't didn't feel didn't, like that was necessary, and, and you could have concentrated <clears> on maybe more of what was going oh, on right, in mean, the other two threads. I, I love that bit. I love the whole shootout. Was it Watertown or something? It's called where. They finally catch them, just yeah. don't like it in the street, and they have that huge shootout and in, stuff. Just on a just on a street, one on a residential the street, yeah. throwing like the grenades and yeah. bombs and stuff. Like that. I loved all that. I thought that was again gripping on the edge. Of I the just seat. didn't know whether that was just too over the top, though. Like, yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it, I was like, <laughs> and again, it goes back to like the is it based on true events? Is this strictly true? Did they throw that many bombs? Is this like all definitely recorded? Because you got the police at one end, and a guy comes out of his house and he's going. I could, I'll help you. I'll, yeah. I'll help you. And he goes, goes and gets a sledgehammer. He goes, hey, try this. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. it, did, if that really happened, you, you don't want that in the film because it makes that the boat and stuff like that. I remember all that happening. It's yeah. like, I was just kind of like, I love that kind of stuff. Uh, I, I've always said like Peter Berg is like the good Michael Bay. Michael Bay yeah. tries to do that kind of stuff, but he just seems offensive when he does it. <laughs> For me, there's something about the way Peterberg does it that it, I just I buy it a lot easier. You know, I really get into the kind yeah. of the uh, the feeling behind it and stuff. And yeah, I, I just really really enjoyed it. The, there's one bit during that shootout that you mentioned. I don't know if it's 100% accurate, but there's two terrorists and one of them gets run over by the other terrorist trying to yeah. escape. I'm not sure if that happened that way. In the, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, who's to say now whether who ran that terrorist over? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, the police report say that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, oh, it might not have totally happened yeah. the way they, uh, they make it out to be, but, yeah. The the end of the film, they get kind of give interview time as well. I don't know if this is... The cinematic release 
I'm not sure whether, whether it had this or whether this is just a, the DVD Blu-ray. Oh, I don't know. I think, it, I think it might have done because yeah, yeah. who has it at the end, they have the real footage, don't they? The, yeah, uh, the actual yeah, people yeah. and right. stuff. Again, if the film was carried on in the same vein as what it started with, the the end footage is, I think, might be all right. But I was that. I just wasn't getting that either. Just wasn't right. I don't, I don't know why. I just I was like, this this just isn't needed for the film. Mm. I think part of why it does feel a bit uh, all over the place at times, the Mark Wahlberg character is an amalgamation of like five real people, apparently. Right. Okay. That they're just crammed into one, just to make it one central character. Yeah. Uh, so you, you can imagine why a lot of it feels a bit, he's doing, he's involved in everything, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but I always find it funny at the end of these films that when you see the actual person who Mark, who Mark Wahlberg's meant to be playing, they don't look anything like Mark Wahlberg, you know what I mean? <laughs> a few of the other characters kind of look like... Yeah, kind of similar. Like yeah. But yeah, maybe Mark Wahlberg didn't. <laughs> <laughs> cool. What were you giving that out of five? Oh, it's uh, still a good film. I'll probably say the same again, three and a half push oh, Okay, that's fair yeah, enough. So, yeah. so I, thought you, I thought you'd go lower from what you were yeah. saying, yeah. It's not a bad rating for a film that you weren't enjoying after the halfway point yeah yeah <laughs> fantastic Maybe. um you've just reminded me of a film that I, like i don't know if you've heard of it but um it's quite a recent one with Matt, um jake gyllenhaal it's about the boston manor uh, boston manor what the hell is it? <laughs> <laughs> the boston bombing um um and it, it's it's a true story i believe and it's about a particular guy that got his leg blown off or both legs blow, blowing off during the Boston bombing. Mm. Yeah. And uh, Jake Gyllenhaal plays this character. Um, and rather than, like, be about the whole bombing and stuff, it's more about him and his recovery from that. Uh, it's quite interesting. I'm trying to think of the name and I can't I, think, I can't, I can't, think can't what remember what the film's called. Yeah. Oh. But, um, yeah, th- th- like that was that was quite interesting. I'm not going to go into details. Have, have you watched it? or I have seen it. You've seen it, yeah. Um, Actually, I'm not going to go into details with it because you just spoke about the Boston bombing quite in quite detail. But mm. it's it's it starts off with that, and then it's his kind of recovery. Is like he go, he goes through all this depression and stuff, and then in the end, he's like running marathons on two prosthetic prosthetic legs. Mm. Um, it's a good film though. Yeah. All right. Is it time for the main event? Were you all done with your films, Edmund? Have you got anything? Yeah, I've you all done. Have you not yeah, done my show? Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Right. Time for the main event, yeah. which this week is Panic Room, as uh, suggested by you, John. Yeah, more a convenience than anything, really. I saw yeah. it was on Netflix and I'd watched it that night, so I thought, oh, <laughs> 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 we, could, uh, <laughs> we could talk about Panic Room. <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, on Netflix. This one's, uh, oh, he's got, he's got uh, Kristen yeah, um, uh, Stewart. Yeah, Bella it? Twilight, she's yeah. in it. Yep. Kristen Stewart as, as a very young well, teenage daughter of uh, what's it? What's Jodie Foster? Jodie yeah. Foster, um, directed. Who's directed by? Directed by David Fincher. David Fincher. Uh, the Fight Club fame. Uh, Seven. Yeah. Uh, Gone Girl. Uh, Zodiac. So, so he's got a lot of good films under his belt. Yeah, got a lot um, of caliber. I've actually not prepared a synopsis. Um, do, 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 can you? Do you want to give it a go? Give it a go off <clears> the top of your head. Uh, Jodie Foster and her young daughter. Bella Twilight, <laughs> move into a new brownstone in, is it Chicago or New York? Or, uh, was it, Man- it Manhattan? Manhattan, yeah, yeah. must be New York, wasn't it? Move into their new uh, brownstone in New York. On the same night that Jared Leto, Forrest Whitaker and Dwight Yoakam 
plan to rob is it like 20 million dollars from the I think it's panic 22 room? million dollars yeah. yeah yeah from the safe of the panic room installed in the in the new house they weren't planning for Jodie Foster to be there and so uh yeah chaos ensues yeah so uh essentially that they they come in don't they and uh they say Jodie Foster and Kristen Stewart is that the one yeah Kristen Stewart um go into the panic room where they want to be and uh it's all it's all about them trying to get into the panic room yeah it feels to me like it's a bit of a I think Fincher might have said this, but it's like his version of like a Hitchcock kind of thriller, you know, like uh, where like Rope or something like that, where it's a really simple premise. It's they get into the panic room and the rest of the film is how do the burglars get them out of the panic room and get what they want kind of thing. Yeah. So, uh, got anything you want to say about it? Yeah. I mean, can I jump in first if that's okay? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, first of all, I'll ask you guys, what, what, what do you think about David Fincher on the whole? Uh, I mean, I'm a big fan. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, I didn't know he had that um, back catalogue of films. Yeah, I'll just go, go through them. Like Alien Three was his first one, which I'm quite a fan of. I quite like it. Seven, one of the best, you know, one of the best Amazing films ever. Film, yeah. uh, the Game from 1997. I think I think it's okay. It's, you know, not not one of his best ones, but uh, Fight Club. Everyone loves Fight Club, don't yeah. they? I think I think this was after Fight Club, maybe. Uh, Panic Room. Okay. Then he did Zodiac, which again, fantastic, fantastic film. Yeah. Uh, after that one, it was the, this is the one. The, this is the weird one, the Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Like I'm, I don't know anyone who likes this film. I don't know if you guys have seen it. I've seen I've it seen years it and years ago when it first came out, but yeah. I, I didn't like rate it at the time. So it's a weird one. That's the one thing in his, in his filmography where you're like, well, he did that. It doesn't, <laughs> really, it doesn't really fit with the other. Yeah. <laughs> Going on from there, Social Network, that was great. The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Not seen it, but I've heard it's quite good. I like yeah, it. it's good. Pretty messed up. And uh, Gone Girl. I thought that was quite a really good film. Yeah. Movie. So he's got, got a stronger filmography. Yeah, yeah. And so, a million music videos as well. Yeah, that's right. He was a music, direct, uh, music video director at first, wasn't he? Yeah. That's why I think when you watch Alien 3, there's parts of that film that look like a music video. He's <laughs> 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 just clearly still in that mindset yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah, so you guys are fans of him at I all? mean, from that back, um, film catalogue, then yeah, I'm a big yeah. fan of the guy, yeah. Seems like a bit of, a, a bit of an innovator to me, uh, like the the opening credits in this film. <clears throat> this is the first time where I saw those, like, it's shots of New York, the skyline and stuff, yeah. and the credits are, like, just massive letters, like on the side yeah, of a building yeah. and stuff. I was going to mention, I, I loved, loved the opening credits. As soon as it started, I was like, yeah, I like this. Yeah. <laughs> it's a real great style to it. Yeah. Uh, but that, I think that's like the, the beginning of this kind of style of credits. I think this film is probably first. Have like, you ever seen Fringe? No. Exactly the same credits. Did uh, that come like, after this? Or? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah Fringe that, is like, yeah, after yeah, Fringe this, is yeah. a TV show 20... That's the... 14, 13, Was it? Oh, really? Like Quite recent then. J.J. Abrams? One, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, well, I was going to say Fringe and then the lost title, where it zoomed, like, it's yeah. just the basic, <clears> that one, but... Um, no, exactly the same as Fringe, but I really like how it sort of like reflects in the windows and stuff. It's almost it's like it's part of the city. Yeah, like, I like it's just yeah. actually there in the location kind yeah. of thing. And like going on from that, this is a really random uh, pull, but like there was a game Splinter Cell Double Agent or something in the late 2000s. I remember playing that and like it gave you like the mission breakdown. You'd be, you'd be starting the mission yeah. and it blazing the mission thing on the side of a building or something. Yeah, yeah. 
And at the time, I remember thinking, oh, that's amazing. But then it's, it's all from Panic Room, I think. That this, yeah. that this film started that whole style mm. kind of thing that, exactly. like you mentioned, pops with Fringe and, and other things over the years. Mm. Yep. The, uh, <coughs> took a took a year to produce. This film? No, the... Oh, the, the, the credits? The, the titles. Right. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> back in 2002, I guess that was a hard thing to do. Like yeah, on, I presume uh, so. And like, being the first thing to, to do it, it's sort of like, yeah, apparently they took a year to... That must have been one of the, the the longest things. This film must have taken long to film, actually. You know, the actual movie side of it. Apparently, uh, well, I've got like bits of trivia later on. Yeah, I couldn't like. This was the longest, longest shoot Jodie Foster ever did. Really, one hundred and twenty days. One hundred and twenty, like four <laughs> months or something like. So yeah. to film this, I'll get into I'm sort of like shocked. I'll get into some of like the shooting later because it's a bit of trivia like later yeah. on. But yeah, it is quite a quite a long. Right, shoot, I, I had no idea about that. I mean, with it being a single location film, I just assumed they knocked it out in a weekend or something. Like that. <laughs> right. Uh, going off from that, I imagine some of the the length of the time it took to film it. Did you notice that shot early on where the camera's panning from one side of the house to the other? Yeah. And it's one massive continuous shot, and it goes through like a coffee pot handle and stuff yeah. like that. That's all CGI, but that that was groundbreaking at the time. You know, yeah. like just one continuous shot, but it was CGI. But it, you can see it now looking at it, but at the time it was kind of like it really worked. You know what I mean? You're like, whoa. You can see it now, but I was like, I, it didn't detract from sort of like the how it was done. I absolutely loved how that was done. Yeah. And like, there's, there's, there's shots like, going from, you know, when, when you first introduced to like, the intruders, like, you've got the camera of her in bed and then it goes all the way from the top floor down to the I bottom really floor like and it goes yeah. through the banisters and stuff. Oh, I was like, this is, this is great. Yeah. I think yeah. like, so like, proper cinematic shots. I was like, yeah, this is, yeah, this is great. I like that. That's one thing Fincher does. He'll use like technology to his advantage. <clears throat> Again, looking at it now, you can see the joints, can't you? Where like, yeah. where like, there's that one bit with a coffee pot, where the countertop's clearly a video game countertop. Kind of <laughs> but, but again, you know, like it, it works, doesn't it? You know, yeah. it was the whole. So yeah, yeah. Yep. There's a bit where um, on that shot where it's like you see the intruders and they're at the window and it goes into the uh, the keyhole. But like the sound with that as well, because you've got all the music, and I think the sound is really good in this. It goes into the keyhole, and, goes, and then you hear it go, and then yeah. like trying to do the lock, and, it, and it, like the music carries on. I was just like, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I kind of like, I didn't know it was Fincher that directed it bef- before watching it, and then after, after it, I looked it up, and I was like, so I think a lot of the shots, like looking looking back at you can then compare it to like some of the shots in the house of Fight Club where like yeah, you definitely. got some of the panning panning round in there and sort of like the the how the camera will go between rooms in Fight Club I think is definitely been sort of evolved into using CGI for apparently I think there's that one shot in Fight Club where the camera's going from room to room showing you like what all the Project Mayhem soldiers are doing yeah. and I'm sure that's one big continuous shot yeah. like that where this is clearly the next step of what he yeah. wants to do with it kind of thing yeah just uh, can I ask as well? What do you think about the casting in the film? How do you think? Uh, I mean, um, was it Forrest Whitaker? Forrest Whitaker. I, yeah, I, I like him. I think he's a great actor. Um, <clears throat> I like him, but I don't. I, I feel like I think I've said this with Seth Rogen before as well. I think I might mention it on the on the one man pod that I did. But I think some actors have like an autopilot mode, and I feel like Forrest Whitaker is one of them where. In this, he's just like the guy who's like, "Hey, I'm the good guy. You know, I don't yeah. do that. I, I don't do this to hurt people and stuff." And I feel like he does that a lot in a lot of films. He's always the kind of like the good guy, to, good to go to guy kind of thing. 
But I think he is good, though. You no, know, he's yeah, a likable character kind of thing. Yeah, I, like, I, liked, I liked his acting and his character in it. Yeah. And Jared Leto, I thought, I thought he pulled off um, like that guy quite well. Yeah. I mean, you don't like him, but you're not meant to, are you? <laughs> like, no, no, I He's meant to be a bit of an arse, isn't he? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. <laughs> so he does a good job at that, like, yeah. I thought, I thought he did a good job at that, yeah. Um, yeah. What do you think about Dwight Yoakam as Raul? <laughs> I I had no clue how who Dwight Yoakam was before sort of like before watching this, or I'm not even sure I've seen him in anything since. I probably have, but I was like I I don't really recognise the name or anything like that. But I think he played he played the role well, and the, he he comes across as sort of like the the madman on the edge who can yeah. break at any moment. He's kind of going, when's it going to happen? <laughs> I, I think he's great. Like, but like you say, it's weird how we didn't seem to get any other roles. Can Apparently he was a last minute standing in this film as well for somebody else. There's, for the casting, <clears throat> I'll, again, it was like all part of the trivia. There's, yeah. there's so many. Recasts and stuff. Re, yeah. Uh, you can jump into it now if you yeah. want. Because uh, have you got the <clears throat> Nicole Kidman thing? Nicole Kidman was on production for the first, I think it was first about 14 days. Yeah. So maybe that's why, like, that's an added bit to it. You know, like the lasers on the door, apparently they were installed at, for like Nicole Kidman's height, oh right, and Jodie Foster's a little bit smaller, so whenever she would go through the door, it blinded her. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Nicole Kidman was going to play Meg. She ends up being the voice of on the phone call of her of Meg's ex husband's new girlfriend. Oh yeah. right, so okay. She's, she's the voice of that, so she's still in the film. Right when when she phones him and she's like, yeah. "Put him on the phone, bitch." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Hayden Panettiere was going to be the kid. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, the cheerleader from Heroes. Yeah, yeah. So she was rumored to be the kid. Why did she get bin? I, mean, I believe Nicole Kidman like uh, sprained an ankle or something, didn't she? Something daft like that. Uh, That's why she couldn't do it. But I don't know why they binned off the door. I think Nicole. Well. There was another reason Nicole Kidman couldn't do was it. Was there? I can't remember what it what it was. It conflicted with something now. Ah, uh, okay. But if the film was going to go on for as long as it did. Yeah. There was going to be conflict. Yeah. They could have probably just waited and <laughs> brought her back. Yeah. Um, uh, for Burnham, which is uh, Forrest Whiskers, uh, Denzel Washington was... Oh, right, okay. Oh, okay. I can see that, to be honest. Mel Gibson as the ex-husband. I can see that. I mean, I think the ex-husband is a bit weird when he turns I up. like. I thought this, like... He didn't seem like he seemed like twenty years older than her. Like I don't. Yeah, know. I was like, <clears throat> so, something's going on in this relationship. Yeah, it's like I thought so, your husband was coming, not your dad. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like Mel Gibson at the time would have been probably a bit younger looking yeah, than definitely. that at least. So, might, might have made more sense. It just seems like even like not that. I might, I might be totally wrong here. I don't know who he, the actor is, but when he turns up and he's just sat in that chair, like it's as if like we know you can't act. Just yeah. sit there with a gun and just do this. And, I, and I'm sat there going, "How the f- did you get Jodie Foster?" And I, and I don't get it. You know what I mean? It didn't make sense to me. But yeah. And how did you make Christian to do it? Yeah. yeah Where she come from? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then the last one. Uh, I like Jared Letter in this, but I think I might have preferred Adam Goldberg. Yeah, definitely, he would have. He would have been amazing. He would have fit that character, yeah. that kind of. I can't even think of how to describe him. You know, like just out for the money, into money grabbing kind of screws family over. Yeah, kind of Adam Goldberg, yeah. Jewish actor. I mean, he's he's got massive problems in real life, hasn't he? Oh, uh, dazed and confused. He was one of the kids who gets beat up. Is that <clears> right? Uh, gets punched okay. at the uh, at the show. Or More something. recently, he's been in Fargo. Uh, oh, yeah. First season of Fargo. 
He's one of like the enforcers. You know, he's like yeah. he's the guy that's with the deaf guy. All oh, right, okay. I think yeah. So the way the way he acts in everything, though, I think he just would have been great in this role. Definitely, like, it, it would have been a role for him. Knowing okay. that, it feels like that role was written for him. Kind of yeah, thing, thinking yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah. Which kind of, if you try and imagine that whole film with that whole new cast, it's kind of like it's quite interesting. Yeah, like a different film entirely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, quite like that. Uh, one thing I was going to mention is like the character development of Nicole Kidman. At the start of the film, she seems sort of like really in herself when she's been shown around the house. She isn't even speaking up. It's the uh, Oh, the estate agents, yeah, yeah. I, want, I want to mention them as well. Um, so she seems like really just small and sort of like vulnerable. Yeah. And as the film goes on, she sort of, sort of like starts, I mean, she lit the gas to cause that massive explosion. Yeah. It's just like such a transformation of seeing her. But like, Definitely. Like the, I think the key point in that is sort of like when she's on the PA system, she comes across so polite, like just saying... The first first thing she says on the PS is, "Excuse me," <laughs> to, the, to, to the intruders in your home. Like, <laughs> I, think, I think at one point she actually says over it, "She's like, get out of my house," and and then Christian Stewart's like, yeah. "Get out of my fucking house!" <laughs> and so she goes back on and goes, "Get out of my fucking house!" <laughs> well, that was quite good. Yeah, that's. Cool. I really like her telling because the kid is obviously sort of like she's quite calm and cool and collected. It's like when they're in the elevator trying to get away. It's Kristen Stewart that's sort of going, no, you need to press. Yeah, push button, the emergency yeah, stop yeah. and do this. So, uh, I like how like she's learning off the kid and then... Yeah. I just want to mention there as well, I know uh, you guys aren't the biggest fans of Case Stew, but I think she's great in particularly in this. I thought yeah, she was, you know, for a child actor, I thought she was yeah, fantastic. Right. I thought she was really good. If anything, she's better in this than she is in like in <laughs> Twilight. More, <laughs> in the more recent work. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll just jump in there as well though, like the estate agents who show them around the house, they're dreadful, I think, them too. And did you, did you recognise who the guy was? I think I did. I can't. I'm drawing a blank. From now. Twin Peaks is the uh, like the posh guy who's vying for Lucy's affection against Andy. And do you remember he talk, right. talks really posh in Twin yeah. Peaks. So, right. Yeah, that, that's that actor. I, I remember recognising him, but I, I didn't put my finger on who, who he was. Like. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of him in this film, though. I think he's a bit too like. Are they supposed to be awful though? Because they Maybe. are estate agents, and estate agents are just yeah, a bit like smarmy and smug of, yeah, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. Yes, maybe they, maybe they played it perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but can I just mention as well, we, we mentioned earlier in the show about like a, a really good Tennessee, and I think it was Patriots Day we were talking about. I think there's a couple of them in this, like early on where uh, the three burglars first break in and they think the house has got to be empty. But Jodie Foster wakes up upstairs and they knock that basketball. Is it them who do it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. they knock the basketball Kicks and it basketball. bounces down the stairs. And they're just like, ah, with every bounce of the ball. And she's like, oh my God. <laughs> and you're just waiting for it to kick off kind of thing. And then finally she runs across the landing to get to the bedroom. I just, I just think, she had to go up some stairs, didn't she? Yeah. Mm. So I just, I just think that whole that whole section is amazing. Like the, I, I, I thought it was quite, uh, like the whole, like a lot of the film, like mainly the first half, like it was quite, I was like, I was like, focused. I was like, I don't, I don't know the word I'm trying to say. But you know what I mean? It was like, it was really quite, Tense. Tense, that's yeah. the word I'm looking for. I was like so on the edge tense, of your seat like, oh, kind of God. thing. Um, yeah. Are, are they going to get away kind of thing like that? But If anything, I think they maybe get into the panic room a bit too quickly because, like, it kind of... It becomes then less tense. It's more just how are they going to get in, you know what I mean? Like, as opposed to they're in any immediate danger kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. I just love the idea of them just running around this house being chased by burglars. Like it's, It would have been a bit more of a, like, yeah, more stories and sort of, like, they need to get into the panic room, but... 
I mean, they know where the panic room is, so if they don't get in there, yeah, then they're they, going to go straight for the panic room. Yeah, I suppose. Anyway. So they, they, have, they have to do it, don't they? I think there were there was there is a comparison to a film in like the fifties, I think, where they said it's it's very similar, but they're not trying to get in the panic room, so it is more like a cat and mouse around right. the house of burglars and this this woman who they they find more. Um, she fights back a lot more than they thought they were. Right, she yeah. was going to. Um, so yeah, it's could could, could watch that. If. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's <clears> what. You're <coughs> Excuse me. I, I was I was tense all the way through. I think uh, there was a couple of couple of parts, like especially when um, when they they're watching the cameras and they're having like the confrontation on the stairs, and like, the the two guys at the bottom having the argument. Forest Whitaker goes out and he stood at the top of the stairs and they're sort of weighing up. Can she can she get out the door? Get a phone and get back in time. Yeah. Oh, and this, it, this is when it was in complete silence, wasn't it? Yeah. It's in silence and it's it goes into complete slow mo as well. Yeah. Like uh, the whole the whole scene is in slow mo, I think. So when so like the door opens, she runs out and sort of like the the bit I have issue is with is when she's reaching for a phone. I, I absolutely hate <laughs> in films when you just see him reaching and you're like they're getting yeah. closer and then they knock it further away and you're yeah. like you, idiot like <laughs> I, I, I was like bugged me a lot when she went for the phone because yeah. like she looked on the cabinet and she looked the wrong way and then, yeah. then she's looking she's thinking oh where could it possibly be like look the other way well, yeah. look, like like she looks under all the mattress and stuff but like takes a couple of minutes like hmm on where next oh the bed mm. and that bugged me that um, and like you say she goes to reach for it and then I, I hate that when like she goes to each reach for it and then the tip of her fingers make knocks it away and it's like oh, yeah. but then she almost stops and looks up to see if the coast is clear and then oh yeah I'm so fine and then goes yeah, back, really back in for it really. I, like, I thought that should maybe have been eat quicker because it, it should have been a quick action like yeah. get go out get the phone get back in because that, that door opening it was good It'd make it pretty loud, like, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> so they would have heard that. I know they're having an argument, or whatever, like that. But you would, you would have heard her running across like wooden floors, like in the middle of the night. Yeah, when there's no, no other sound around. No. Yeah. So I thought they would have heard that, but they didn't seem to realize until she knocked the lamp over. Yeah. One thing I will mention about that. I mean, I, I, I do agree. It is a bit of a, like a cliche when people are reaching for stuff and they just can't reach it. But uh, I think that's a deliberate reference. Is it Strangers on a Train, the old Hitchcock film, where right. there's a bit at the end of that film where one character's like got his hand down a grid and he's trying to reach the set of keys and he, it's just constantly out of his grasp. It's like, just reach a bit further. <laughs> and I just feel like, would it be like a Hitchcock kind of thing? It might be a deliberate... Re- I'm not checked it or anything, but it might be a deliberate reference to that kind of no, thing. Right. Well, the, the, well the, the reference you made earlier to like the Hitchcock kind of like... Yeah. You wanted that feel to feel. I guess that would be in there. Yeah. would be in there for that. Can I just mention as well one little thing I found funny? Throughout the whole film, like they're in the panic room and the burglars are in the house, and the burglars are conversing with them by writing on paper and holding signs onto the cameras. Then they figure out like two thirds of the way through the film there's a PA system in the the bedroom. (laughs) Why the hell have we been using this? (laughs) Isn't that after? They switch places, but yeah, like yeah. they're in the panic room and she's outside. So oh, yeah. She starts talking to him, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah. Like, Why the hell did we use that? Like, yeah. when, uh, when she starts like gets gets a sledgehammer or something, and starts knocking the cameras down, and he he says again yeah. like, "Why didn't we think of that?" Like, <laughs> that was it, great. But like, I mean, I, halfway through that, I did think like the the, the cliche or quote "thick as thieves" comes to mind. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, because <clears throat> the. The three of them, like the, the totally different characters, the three of them. So it's weird that they even 
they're teamed up. I yeah. mean, Forrest Whitaker doesn't even know he's going to be teamed up with uh, Raul. Yeah, he just, um, he just turns his part on He turns yeah. up like, with Junior and he's like, who the fuck's this guy? <laughs> and, uh, <clears throat> but they, because Forrest Whitaker, he, he designs like the panic rooms and stuff like that as his job. That's why they've got him on board. He's he's the smart one. He's kind of like, he's the brains of the yeah. operation, I suppose. And then like, the other two are just the the ones there because he knows that's where the money is, yeah. And then the other one is there as like the hitman, kind of loose cannon, yeah, like yeah. yeah. I yeah. thought like that setup of characters, it's like it's quite, it's quite good. They're all there for a reason, but you just would never match these people together. Yeah. Mm. Can I just jump ahead to a scene? Uh, actually, well, I just mentioned the uh, you mentioned the gas canister scene where they're mm. trying to gas them out of the panic room, and she ignites the canister. But I love the bit where, again, talk about how thick they are. Like, Forrest Whitaker and Raoul know that there's something not right about this and they start backing away <clears> from the wall. <laughs> but Jared Leto's trying to get close, going, what's she doing in there? Like, <laughs> trying to listen through the wall and it all just blows up literally in his face. Like, <laughs> I thought that was quite good. It's like his entire side on fire, doesn't it? Like, yeah. Uh, what, but I'm just jumping ahead a bit here, but what did you guys think of the uh, the death of Jared Leto? Were you taken aback by it? or? I mean... I guess you can expect Raoul to do it. He seemed like that kind of character, mm, but yeah. it, it was a bit shocking at the time. I was like, oh, bloody hell. Yeah. I remember the first time I watched it, I was just like, wow, that's, yeah, yeah. that changes things. <laughs> it's one of them things where you, if, if you're watching it, a film and you, you're at this level and it's just plodding along, then suddenly it jumps up to here, it escalates all of a sudden. Yeah, because yeah. it, it goes from this like robbery where like they, they, they didn't want to hurt anyone they just kind of wanted to get in get the money and get out yeah and then he just starts like well now now there's murder involved okay <laughs> yeah it just really does make things escalate yeah all of a sudden yeah. kind of thing yeah hey man have you got anything anything else there i just wanted to jump back to what you were saying earlier about sort of how they got into the panic room yeah. like quite early in the film i think when that happened i was kind of going similar kind of essences phone booth that this is it was always going to be one location it's called pilot yep. room it's called phone booth like it's going to be that one location i felt like i was interested to see from there how this is going to pan out like how this is going to be shot and everything like that between the pilot room and the rest of the house and stuff like that i thought yeah. like it's be quite interesting and i was kind of like comparing it to phone booth a little bit with Stuff like that. Interesting that Forrest Whitaker is the the guy of outside course. outside of the, yeah, play, the situation both times. Playing a character not a million miles away from his one in this yeah. one. <laughs> like uh, just a good guy in the wrong place at the wrong time kind of thing. Uh, but on the phone booth thing, I think that's why I thought this film was so quickly shot. Because was the phone booth shot in, like, in a record time or something like that? Would it be like a single yeah, location yeah. thing? I just assumed this would have been the same, but obviously not. Like Finch is a bit yeah. of a perfectionist. <laughs> um, yeah. Um... I just want to mention just the ending. I, 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 yeah. I don't know if I blinked, but do you know when uh, Forrest Whitaker like gets uh, told to get down? I don't know if I blinked, but why the hell did he have the bonds in his hands? He could have kept them in his, in his pocket. <laughs> just had some in his hand and let's go. I'm just like, I think he's just like, I, I've blown it. He won't get the money, will he? You know what I mean? Yeah, he gets arrested, so. so it's just like, let it all go kind of thing. Just yeah. symbolism, yeah. I, I, I didn't, yeah, I didn't get that, to be honest. But, but I mean, it's not as if they're like, burnt or anything is it they're just blown up in the sky someone will, someone will get them yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah the police are going yeah hang on you just dropped you just dropped something we should maybe gather that as evidence yeah but we'll it didn't seem like anyone was rushing like yeah to collect <laughs> just, it yeah yeah. Um, yeah just in terms of the ending that's i feel like there's maybe like one too many in terms of like a juggling act there's one too many balls in the air by the end 
I think the husband showing up is just a bit of a misstep. I don't think it, it really yeah. totally needed that. Because mm. he just gets sat in a chair, handed a gun, and he can't even shoot it straight anyway, you know what I mean? So it just feels like one too many elements for me by the end of it. A bit too, bit too convoluted. But I love the whole thing where when they finally get in the panic room and Dwight Yoakam's hand gets trapped in the door and stuff, yeah. Ooh, that, that looks and sounds quite painful. Like, like, like you were saying, like, that character was like, that you didn't know what he was going to do right up until that point, and he's just kind of been made inert. He, yeah. he, he just, he's just so in pain that he's not even the same character yeah. anymore. I, th- I think they had plans to shoot that scene in more graphic detail, so you'd see the fingers fall off and over because when oh. he comes out of the panic room you see him like pick his yeah, finger pick up, up yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're still going to be real, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but I think uh, they decided not to do that yeah. for obvious reasons and just, just one thing with like I understand why they do it but the conceit of Kristen Stewart was she diabetic yeah. that to me it just feels a bit too I wish they'd have found maybe a better reason for like because that's the whole reason when Jodie Foster gets out why she can't just get the police involved because she knows her daughter's in there and she'll die from uh, a diabetic, uh, what, what do we call that? Diabetes. Co- she goes into, co- into a coma. <laughs> yeah, di- a diabetic coma. coma like, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's why when the police turn up, which again, it should be a great scene that, but it doesn't totally work for me where the police yeah. are like, if you're in trouble, blink. See, and she's like, oh, I'm fine. Yeah, I thought that. Like, why didn't she blink then? <laughs> mm. I mean, because I guess though, if she did at that point and they came back then, Instantly, the daughter's still in the air. Uh, she's still room. in there, but yeah. like they, they, they seem to realize something was wrong and come back anyway. So, I was gonna say, like, what was the reason for them turning up? They still felt something was suspicious, so they called in SWAT team because, yeah, they, yeah, I was they, thinking they, that they turned up at the was, end anyway. They were yeah. fully like outfitted, unless maybe that only, gunshot. The only thing I was thinking is a gunshot early enough, did a neighbor hear that, and then the SWAT team's called it in, but I don't know. How, like whether the timings would for that would be line, line up yeah, kind yeah. of thing, yeah. Um, yeah. That was Jared Leto dead before the police showed up. Yeah. Oh, he was. He was dead for quite a while. Actually. Yeah, but halfway yeah, through so, the film, yeah, yeah, like yeah. That, maybe. that gunshot, like maybe that was what it was. Like there's like, well, I definitely. Heard but the police come to the door after after that gunshot. Yeah. After that happened, so he's dead in the kitchen as the police are at the door. So if someone did ring up the police, then they would have. Apparently the neighbour rang up and complained about (coughs) a lot of noise because they were shouting, obviously, and the the flashlight thing, Mm. which obviously he didn't know Morse code. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. Like, I feel like that's the kind of thing I'd do. Like, if I saw like Morse code flashed in my window, I'd be like, "Oh, shut the curtains." (laughs) Back to bed. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I thought that, but then like it turns out they actually called the police. Was it him who did it? Yeah, I assume so. Yeah, because. Unless there was another person around mm. that square or something that was yeah. like, but yeah, what's all that noise out my window? Yeah, and there's a flash of light coming in there. <laughs> it's all in gunshots. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, who else? Was it? Oh, it was the husband called the police as well, didn't he? Uh, before he came. Uh, oh, oh that's, sorry, that's it, yeah. That's why they turned up in the... Yeah, that's it. Yep. There you go. Problem solved. <laughs> <laughs> but look, luckily, they, like, through no... Through no, like... Uh, uh, fault of his they turn up at just the right moment because if, if that police SWAT team had turned up a bit earlier the daughter's still in the panic room they'd have been screwed wouldn't they so yeah that was that lined up quite well for them <laughs> yep but I, th- I think I'm pretty much out to be honest with you guys on, on panic room have you got anything more in man did you want to talk about the sound oh, I, yeah. I just wanted to talk about the uh, the music because I'm a particular particularly uh, big fan of the uh, composer 
um, for obvious reasons. Yep. Uh, um, it's Howard Shaw, the, the 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 same composer of he composed sorry Lord of the Rings trilogy yep. as well as many other films. I think he's done a lot of this director's films. Yeah. Well, he? I don't know what happened, but David Fincher, I believe, worked with him up until this point. I think I'm sure he did like seven. Uh, I don't think he did Alien Three. That was Elliot Goldenthal, I think. But I'm sure he might have done the game as well. But he did like Silence of the Lambs as well from 1990, Howard Shaw. Mm. That's an amazing soundtrack as well. But I don't know why Fincher, after this film, started using like Trent Reznor from the Nine Inch Nails and stuff. I don't, I don't know why he made that mm, switch. But yeah, but he is he's amazing. Isn't is, he, that, yeah. is, is that from his uh, days of being a music? You know what? It, your I, director. That's probably it. Isn't it? He might have done a few Nine Inch Nails videos. I think I think he might have. I was looking through his IMDb, and yeah. I, like there's a whole host of. I mean, he worked with some top artists like mm. for the music videos. I think Nine Inch Nails were in there, actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm not sure about Zodiac, but uh, Trent Reznor did uh, Social Network, uh, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, and Gone Girl, and they're all great soundtracks as well. Mm. But I always find it interesting when a director just changes, like, composer, you know, halfway through the career mm. kind of thing. The, no, yeah. I'm a fan of um, Howard Shaw, though. He's, doing, he's done some great soundtracks. And I, I, quite, I quite liked it on this one as well. Um, remember on the... Um, in, Opening credits in particular, I'm like as soon as I heard it, I was like, "Wow, I like this!" <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it's good. I mean, some of the themes from Lord of the Rings are amazing, aren't they? Is a uh, yeah, yeah, definitely that kind of composer who can create a theme. I mean, and stuff, you, could, you could almost hear the similarities between, like, especially like I say in the um, intro with you know with the uh, big right on the side of buildings yeah. like you could kind of hear the similarities between that and uh lord of the rings like, yeah like the, the, uh, the kind of ominous themes like yeah you know. I, thought, I thought it was quite interesting but yeah yep. just wanted to mention it. There, were, there were times where there's no music at all and i think that just builds it that's it it was used really well sort of like cutting the music out but that's also that, that that'll also be howard Shaw being yeah. This, this bit doesn't need music and stuff like that yeah. so I think that's equally as uh, important definitely, definitely yeah. um, knowing when to music and when not to music <laughs> excuse me fantastic are we all, are we all done with, with Panic Room I'm want, all done do you want little bits of trivia yeah Probably yeah go for it yeah. um, let's start off uh, you know when the first night they're in there uh, she rings up takeaway for a pizza yeah uh, the number she reads out uh, if you add Manhattan's uh, code to it which is 212 I think it was on the trivia uh, that is the real phone number for that pizza shop ah right, right okay so when they ring up I think they say Patsy's Pizza or something like that that is Fincher must be a fan then <laughs> um, I like the way we've come back to New York Pizza again after, <laughs> after the Iron Man mention <laughs> I hope they weren't folding it when they, uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, you mentioned she was diabetic um kid yeah uh she's drinking full fat coke at the start ah that, that'll be so, why uh, that's what's done it yeah, <laughs> yeah. um uh apparently chris and stewart grew three inches during production because it took so long so it, took, it took a while <laughs> i mean still over 120 days three inches is some good going like, yeah it's like a, bit a, of a third of a year thing. into it yeah. yeah but um yeah apparently she was quite a bit smaller than jodie foster um, at the start of production, and was taller than her. Really, by the end of it, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's recognisable. Yeah, what we watch it, look out yeah, for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, all the indoor scenes were shot in sequence, so in the in the chronological order of the film. Oh, ah, right, well, that's unusual. Again, that's that probably is why it took so long. If the doing if the shooting yeah. schedules in order, kind of thing, it doesn't make much Skipping logical around, sense. Around the house and everything like that. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, is, is filmed before this. I think it was Fight Club. Yeah. And basically that was 150 locations. So basically, Fincher <clears throat> wanted to, he was like, oh, I'll just do something easy with one yeah. location. And it's like... Uh, it's gone from like one extreme to the other kind yeah, of thing. But, but it turned into like a massive toil to make the film. Like that's why it took 120 days. Everyone was exhausted and everything like that. Couldn't get the lighting in the house right. Loads of a whole host of problems and stuff like that with product like production like yeah. just not being quite right how he how he wanted it and he, it ended up being going from this oh one location will be easy to being Jesus this is <laughs> yeah into like an exhaustion exhaustion I, I'm chucking this in a bit late here but I'm sure as well like he fired his first director of photography and got somebody else to yeah. do or something I can't remember yeah, yeah. who it was but <clears throat> yeah that was part of. That was another part. Yeah, of another the part of the trouble production. Um, last, oh no, two more. Uh, in the openings uh, for the where you got all the titles and stuff like that, you can see the World Trade Centers in the ah, background, right. even though the film was released <laughs> in two thousand two. Yeah. Um, so they're still there. And the last one, you know, the scene where she slides the medibag into the into the uh, panic room. Yeah. How many takes do you think that took? I'm gonna say like 58. Knowing knowing the production shorts. <laughs> I, I know I can't I can't really say a small number at this point. So I'm gonna go about 42. 103. Oh, <laughs> and that's why the, the, the 30 odd 120 <clears throat> odd days went. They were just <laughs> 20 odd days doing that. <clears throat> I can just imagine like now like well Jodie Foster throwing it across. It. Oh, that that one didn't reach. We'll have to uh, <laughs> hit the door frame. <laughs> All I should nails it. And it's like oh, it didn't land the fake way I wanted it to face. Do it, do it again. <laughs> it didn't land in the five square inch. Of that one, so. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. No, it's hundred and three takes. Hundred and three takes for that shot. I mean, yeah. um, <clears throat> I mean, that's just mental. I bet you got all the other actors waiting there going, come on. Yeah. You booked me for today. Like, that's why Nicole Kidman kid was like, I've got another film today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. All right. Are, yep. we, are we done with Panic Room? Yep. Fantastic. Um, should we do some social oh, ratings? Oh, God. We want to rate it first, don't we? Yep. Go on then. Should I go first? Yeah. I want to go like a 4.5 on this, but I'm going to stick with a really heavy 4 out of 5. Just because Finch has done so many other great films, like Zodiac's a five-star film, you know, where Seven is a five-star film. I'm rating it against them more than anything, really. So I'll go four out of five, because it's not for me in that bracket, but it is still... Not even as a film on the, in its own right, would you not bump it up? I, ju- I just think there's a couple of elements where it could have been a bit better. Uh, like I said, I prefer Fight Club to this. I prefer Zodiac, Social Network. Seven. Seven. So yeah, I'm gonna go with a heavy four. Yep. <clears throat> heavy four. Heavy four out of five. Oh, I thought you. Said, I thought you were at four and a half. I was gonna go no. four point five, but right. compared to his other stuff, I'll bump it down to a four. I think I'm going for four and a half. Yep. I'm gonna give it that extra half. Um, I just, it, was a, it was a really good film, really well shot. I really loved the cinematic, like the even if it is even though it is CGI, sort of like really enjoyed that. Just. Grinning when I was watching those shots, just love him. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> acting's really good at it, cast's really good at it. Um, yeah, liked it all the way through and sort of like kept kept me tense. If I'm going off your sort of like, what minute do you grab the phone rating? 
Yeah. It wasn't there, so it's just kind of like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, really enjoyed it. Give it four and a four and a half. I was I was teetering four, but I was like, oh, that's a four and a half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I I didn't grab my phone myself, but like I, I I'm I'm not inclined to go as high as four point five. I'm probably gonna go with John's <clears throat> rating of four uh, myself. Um, like you say, I, I was I felt really tense, but about halfway through, I felt like that tenseness kind of went away, hmm. and uh, and and I, I was just kind of I I, 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 weren't, I weren't bored or anything. I just I, I didn't think I was it was as tense as the first half. So yeah, I I probably agree with that. Yeah, <clears throat> but yeah, but like I, I I like to say I love the actors. I love the uh, the soundtrack. Hmm. Um, yeah, but um, four 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 out of five for me. And just in terms of like being a, a rewatchable film, it's one of them films that like every couple of years I'll just go back to kind of thing. And you know, this this is the first time I watched it. Yeah, it's the first view. It's my um, first view. I can it, do. A, I feel like I'd want to watch it again. Definitely. Can do a catch up pod in a couple of years. <laughs> and rewatch it. Yep. See if your ratings go down or up. Or yeah. <laughs> yep. Awesome. That's uh, the end of the show for this week. Um, been 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 a good one. Um, yeah, I've enjoyed it. So we, we should we give some uh, Twitters? Yeah, and, burn through the social media. Yeah. Yep. Um, I'll uh, give the main one out, which is at DST Podcast on Twitter. That's yep. That. <laughs> uh, we're on Instagram, Facebook, just searches. Instagram's the same, DST, DST Podcast. Uh, I think it's something like that on Facebook but you can just you, search in a search, search bar. On Facebook. don't spoil <laughs> the ending You'll, it'll come up yeah um, I am found at DST Nick <clears throat> on Twitter yep I'm a, at Taylor1980 and you can email as well at don't spoil the ending at gmail.com definitely want to hear from you so uh, yeah get, get in touch uh, I am Rubik's Football on Twitter um, yeah we've well we've uh, experienced like a lot of growth through uh, not doing podcasts, which is strange. We have, yeah, we have six weeks off, and uh, we're on the iTunes front page. <laughs> yeah, iTunes front page going up the charts. So yeah, thanks for all the lessons, and mm-hmm. hopefully we'll get some feedback going to the email account. And definitely, yeah, we are, we we are de- we not, I'm not I don't want to say desperate. <laughs> but, yeah, but we'd absolutely love to hear from someone. Like the the day we hear, like we we have, <laughs> we, we have an email. I think that'll be a happy day. Like even if it's bad feedback, we've, we've not heard from anyone. So if you want to email in, you will be the first person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The first email will get a prize <laughs> of being read out on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, um, I think I think like. Even if it's like negative feedback, I feel, I feel like we'd be happy with it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I, we got an email. <laughs> I'd I'd be happy with it. So yeah, um, come on, email in. Yeah. Suggestions for films, whatever. Oh yeah, we'd, yeah, we'd, we'd love some suggestions for films because we always just come up with them ourselves, don't we? Yeah. I'd be well up for that. Like if people want to want to write in and you know give us an idea of what to do, we will definitely do that. Definitely, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a great idea. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> Can I just do a bit of housekeeping as well? Just mention that I'm doing my uh, one man pod oh, at some yeah, point yeah. this weekend. Um, uh, so hopefully that'll be up by the time you're listening to this anyway. But again, it's probably got to be garbage. So <laughs> give that a listen. I'd love to hear your feedback. What do you mean so, again? <laughs> uh, for the, that, that one. <laughs> but yeah, I'd love to hear your feedback. So uh, please, yeah, get in touch. Let us know how bad that one is. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're planning on like having some of a... I want to say spin-off shows yep. um, coming out in the coming months, haven't we? So uh, we'll have this main one, 
and then we'll have certain other ones like like you say namely your uh your solo one where you're going to do <clears throat> films of what's in the cinema yeah current films and uh we're on about doing a marvel one with yeah, heggy yeah. so I, I i'm toying with the idea of doing a solo on myself but i'm not sure if i'm if i'm excited enough on my own so <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll 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 play around with that idea and see see what, what i'll come up with yeah <clears throat> exciting times for uh dc podcast yeah. yeah fantastic well uh i reckon we should end it there yep uh, it's been 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 a good one as i've said before um thanks very much for listening Yep, yeah. cheers, guys. Thank you. Yeah. I, I forgot I was on the podcast then. I was just like, <laughs> I was just like nodding at Nick. Then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> That's how we end all conversations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, generally forgot, I generally forgot then we were doing a podcast. <laughs> Nick's gone. <laughs> I just got this. Got this image in my head of just be talking to Don going. Yeah, John, thanks very much for listening. Yep, yep, no worries. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, we made it to the end of everything. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh god, I need to stop there. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a good way to end anyway. That was. A... <laughs> and if you want more of this, tune in next week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that's a good time. See you next week. Yep. Yeah, cheers, yeah. guys. Thanks very much, guys. <laughs> bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> cheers. Bye. Oh, God.